check it out, the No Red Cards Podcast. My name is Roger Sosa. You got my man, Manny B, on the other side. What's up, Manny? What's up, Raj? Another week, another episode, or another two weeks, I should say. And uh, don't forget, uh, on the all these social media platforms, No Red Cards. Yes, sir. Uh, that's where you can find us. A lot going on in the youth uh, soccer community. Um, bunch of tournaments just happened, Super Copa, all kinds of things. And, yep. Yeah. Uh, a lot of North Texas teams thought they'd make it to the final and the goal division. They didn't, but uh, just goes to show that soccer at any given weekend, man, can be anybody's game. Yeah, you can kill it one weekend and get killed the next weekend. That's right. You know, but as long as these kids are getting their touches and continue the development, right, that's what it's about. That is. You know, that's what it should be about. But, you know, we got some of these trophy chasing parents, you know, they want nothing but W's on the, you know, for their kid and whatnot. But it's all good, man. We're finally here. Episode six, man. Uh, who would have thought? Though, and those parents would never change. They're going to chase and chase. And you're going to have those in every age bracket from what we've learned, right? That's, That's what just... I tell our homies. Man, he's never going to change. He wants those trophies for his son and he wants those <laughs> no, I don't. I want development is what I want. All you right. Know? Good answer. At that age, I don't even think they should be keeping score, man. Right. Just let them learn and develop and, right. and, and be, you know, as, as they grow. Right, right. Find the right path for them. But yes, I agree. I so, agree, yeah, but man. I don't agree, but not about the trophies. No. So, yeah, man. So, you know, last week we had, you know, last episode five, we had Coach G. Uh, you know, which, um, you know, he said he got hit up quite a bit from people, you know, and apparently, you know, a lot of the parents got to hear his version of why he moved on, you know, from uh, forms, you know, but it is what it is, right? We're not here to, you know, uh, get people angry. We're not here to start any controversial, you know, things, you know, we're here just to give a platform for these coaches, uh, you know, for them to get, for people to learn who they are, what they're about. Yeah, and a big shout out to Coach G. Thanks a lot for him to coming on. Yep. And all the other coaches have yep. come on. And, yep. and uh, for him, it was just a new vision. Right, right. He, he wanted sure. to do something different. He had a different path that he was seeing. And, and good for him, right? He's doing right. his own thing now. And thanks to him that he brought you. Uh, have you pimped your shirt yet that he gave us? Uh, bro, I have been, not. I've, I've uh, undergrown it. I haven't outgrown it. It's just, it's a little bit too big, bro. <laughs> I can't even get it over the <laughs> shoulder, bro. Panzon. <laughs> but, so yeah, so moving on, man. So uh, as promised... Uh, you know, we're going to have different uh, guests on the show. And uh, we've talked about we were going to have, you know, parents, you know, athletes, professional athletes, retired athletes and whatnot. And uh, episode six, man, I'm pretty excited because uh, uh, today's guest, man, you know, we have a current champion and not just any champion, you know, for one of the biggest brands in Mexico, soccer, you know, and um, it's uh, one of those that uh, it's a platform that is night and day from the boys. You know, the girls and the boys platform is just so different, right? And we also have her dad joining us because we want to hear his side of putting her through the system, right? Yep. The clubs that she played under, uh, how she got to where she got, you know? So, you know, we have, you know, current champion, you know, and current player for Club America, you know, on the feminine side, you know, Eva Gonzalez-Tate. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Welcome. Thank you guys for having me. And we also have her father, Robert Gonzalez, here. What's up, sir? How are we doing? Hey, man, you know. Soccer uh, world. <laughs> so, you know, thank you guys for joining us. I know Eva has a very busy schedule. You know, she has to uh, show up to camp here next week. And, uh, you know, thank you for making the time. And we just, you know. We're here, as I told you a little bit earlier, we're here just to, we want to hear your story because uh, you're here. What a lot of people don't know is you're from Dallas, Texas. You know, do you claim Dallas or do you claim Mesquite? 
I mean, I say Dallas, Dallas just because I say Mesquite and people have no idea what I'm talking about. Correct. So, <laughs> so you're a Poteet girl or Mesquite? No, I went to Bishop Lynch. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you know, so Is Bishop Lynch in Mesquite. No, it's Dallas. Yeah. Oh, okay. But you grew up in Mesquite. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. So you know, it, it's just a platform, and you're the first athlete. You know that the beauty of it is that you grew up here in Dallas. You played in some of the clubs here in Dallas that we're going to talk about, and your journey as um, you know, because Manny and I and a lot of us, you know, you are an underdog. You know, in this select world, from your from your journey from select from rec to select to college D1. We're going to talk about that. And your national team also played for the Mexico national team. Uh, as a Mexican-American, I know there's some history there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Just the obstacles you went, just that alone, just for being a Mexican-American player playing in Mexico. And obviously, your professional career, you know, because I've heard your story. We talked last year and, you know, I've known your dad and just... Your story alone, y'all's journey is just so inspiring for these parents that are listening and for these young women that are listening and even for the guys, for the young, you know, kids that are growing up to play to want to be a professional one day. You know, so let's 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 get it going, man. How you want to get it going, Manny? You know, yes, there's a lot to ask. Yes, yes. First of all, Eva, thank you for joining us and, and, and welcome to the show. First of all, for the parents listening and the dads out there and the coaches listening. Tell us about Eva, how, how you got started. How did dad get you into to soccer and, and how, how did it ever evolve in, in this soccer game? Right. So dad didn't really get me involved, but I have an older brother <laughs> <laughs> and my older brother I played. <laughs> my older brother played. So we were always out on the field, you know, um, and I like to say that that's where it started. No, spending the weekends for well, most days right. yeah. out there on the field. Um and then what else? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the thing about girls is, you know, what, what we've all experienced with, with boys and girls is that whenever these young boys or these, you know, boys are eight, nine, ten, every year when they play girls, it's like the girls are coming at these boys way different than the girls come at the boys, right? And I always tell my son who's eight years old, hey, man, those girls are going to go all out. You know, you better step your game up on the field, you know, move the ball where you want it because girls don't play, right? What is it about a female playing, you know, boys on there that – that uh, made it so exciting for you. I think that it's fun. Yeah, it's always a thing. That's yeah, always been it a is. Thing. And he, um, him even that, to this day, I think it's still a thing. A thing. Yeah. Um, because boys are like, "Oh my gosh, it's a girl! I have to go softer. I can't right. go as hard." And the next thing you know, they're on the floor because the girl. <laughs> well, the, girl the girl. The girl's doing this. Hey, that's a boy. I need to show that boy that right. I can do it better. Yeah. Right. So there's a real organic, you know, like competition yeah there you go and it's good competition right oh, I, I mean i think course. the girl i mean it's I, when i get when they get high school or something right it's like okay at that point the bodies are different right and no it's, but it's still fun is it? even to this day um like with the club sometimes we scrimmage against the younger boys and the younger boys still show up like that and then they get laid out on their butt <laughs> and we're just like Haha, and, we keep, <laughs> and we keep going right. and, but then they learn too you know what okay if they're gonna go on like that i can go on yeah, like we're this not messing uh-huh around. exactly right. so at, at one point did, uh, did you say you know what i love this game i, I think i want to start taking it seriously talk to me about that that, uh, that time frame um, for you i think i've always kind of taken it seriously yeah. just i think what is a little different for me is that i've always loved and then I've hated the sport where I don't even want to play it. Um, and that has been my biggest issue playing. 
is figuring out why I love the sport and figuring out why I'm playing because there were lots of times where I was like, like, what the heck am I doing? Like, I don't, I'm not enjoying myself. It, it, Sorry, is, it, is it because the pressure from mom and dad? Yeah, I was going to ask. Is it, is it because of that? They just exhausted you, like play, 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 and you didn't want to play? I mean, tell us your mental. You know what? I always wanted to play, but I think that the push from behind sometimes was strong. And I think that I came to the conclusion at one point that I wasn't playing for myself. And that's a huge issue. Because if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing out on the field, why am I doing it? Correct. So I had to get to the point and I had to find reasons as to why I enjoy what I'm doing. And once I found them, it was a completely different ball game. But that competitive push really, it's, it's that push. It stopped. Uh, it didn't, it stopped early. And when I say early, you know, that push probably after high school wasn't there. So from high school on, she had to really figure out her, you know, and that was basically college, then, you know, through college, through pro, you know, it, those, it, those are real things that happen uh, with players and individuals. But there was definitely that push, you know, uh, for, for a little bit. But, you know, after, after high school, it was just, it was her finding herself as a person. For those of you guys that know that was talking, that's actually Eva's dad talking right now. Yeah. And uh, did we introduce who, who dad yes. was? Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay, yeah, my bad. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah. I was thinking well, about you, bro? questions. I was thinking about questions. He was still so. over here on the mic. <laughs> what, two, three, four, five. Over I'm here. still adjusting on <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so Eva, so you talk about it. And I don't want to get too ahead because I, you know, I know a little bit because of the conversation. But that's not the first time it's happened to you. Because I think the last time we had a conversation, you actually, you know, and we'll get to that. When you were in college, you know, you did your college. You played Division One, uh, Seton Hall, right? Seton Hall. Yeah, Seton Hall. And Seton Hall. You know, so. Up in Jersey? Yeah. Jersey, baby. Oh, wow. Pirates, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. You, you missed the trains? No. no did you hate the subway? Is no. there anything that you miss about, about Jersey? No, honestly. <laughs> Maybe New York. No, you know what? I love the it seasons. Was in your backyard. The seasons were beautiful. Yeah, you like, you got all four seasons. Right. And. Growing up in Texas, you see hot, hotter, and cold. <laughs> you know, I, I go to the East Coast, you know, at least two or three times a year, and it's always New York, of course. And uh, the first time I went was, you know, eight, ten years ago, or longer than that. <clears throat> I wanted Mexican food. And we ended up, the hotels were standing. There was actually like a, a Latin spotter up, up the road, and we walked over, and I look at the menu, and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm seeing hot dogs, hamburgers. I'm seeing hot dogs, hamburgers, tacos, pupusas, yeah. Salvadorian, uh-huh. South American. I'm like, this Everything. is weird, but that's that's the East Coast, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you're not going to get straight Mexico. Now you probably can, I think, but. It was, no, it was a challenge like, to find. I feel like no, because I feel like you don't see a lot of Mexicans there. There's yeah. a lot of other Latinos Races. there, not Mexicans. How'd you adjust to that? Oh, I loved it out there. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I started leaving the house at a young age. Yeah. So. For me, me going over there, it was, I had a blast, yeah. honestly. Yeah. So going back to the mental. So talking, you, you did, you played soccer. You got your degree. Uh, what was your degree in? Uh, criminology and a minor in psychology. So there you go. So she got her school. So after professional, you've got something to go back on, right? Mm-hmm. But after that, you took a break from soccer, didn't you? Yeah. Um, and were you done? And that's one thing that I didn't ask you. You took a break because you were done, you were exhausted, or you were just like, I'm done? I was done. And I had multiple conversations with my dad because it was a tough pill for my dad to swallow. And I was like, I'm done. I was like, I'm over it. Like, I, 
as of right now, I don't miss it. I don't want anything to do with it. I was like, no. And even we went to go and visit teams in Mexico, and I was still like, this isn't what I want. Why did why did why did you say you were done? Why what mentally for and why were you done? Okay, so let me tell you something. Let's set this ex- like this circumstance. Okay, when I was in college, I had people ask me. These are just the girls that I played with. They asked me, "Why are you going to play with the national team? Why? Like, what's the point?" Mexican national team. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Why? I was like, "What do you mean, why? What do you mean, why? What's the point?" I was like, "I love what I'm doing. Like, I love playing. Like, I love this. But for other girls, playing after the fact was not even in." their circle of things that they were going to do after. So for me, it was very almost like, and to say too, my last season, I was captain of 30 girls and it was just too much, especially whenever all the girls aren't on the same page saying, you know what? I want to play. I want to do this. This is why I'm here. That wasn't their reason. They were there because they got a scholarship to go to school, not because they got a scholarship to play and study. So I'm curious because I've never heard this this part. So when 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 you were hearing why why why, basically what I'm hearing is that there's no they were telling you there's there's no real end to this thing. Like it's that's gonna, what they it's, thought. It's yeah. End. So did that rub off on you? No, I think I was more fed up with the part of being mom. So you to you stopping girls. you stopping wasn't because. The influence of what you may have gotten from no okay no red cards podcast is right. we're actually therapists all too so you guys, <laughs> talk about you guys so please, her and I, just, her and you I talk a lot yeah. you know but sometimes the, the, you just miss things like that's a point I mean that's something a perspective that I had never heard of. how does that make you feel you know, uh, you, you know there's there isn't anything that makes me feel bad at all whatsoever because I'm very proud of who she is and what she's done and she has a journey um you know, for me, I like hearing those things because they're real. They're real situations uh, that happen, and you know, on on a day to day, like anywhere you are, like every player has things that they go through on a day to day basis. Whether it's uh, outside influence, you know, inside influence, integrity of of establishments, you know, all of those, all of those things. So for me, it's just. I, I love hearing those things because they're just part of the story. So, Eva, when you were there, talking, continuing, were you getting offers from professional teams? Uh, or professional soccer was not in your mind at all? Whenever I graduated, I, there were people calling. Okay. And so people calling, you just said no. When did you decide, I'm walking away? I mean, tell us about that. So, me, from the beginning, I knew that I needed a break. I knew that I was... This was a hard phone call, by the way. <laughs> I want to like, hear I, I knew, like, I I was done. At that point in time, like, I did not want to. I did not want to do anything. I was like, no. But obviously... <laughs> she, just, she just gave her dad the stank eye. Go obviously, ahead. so me and my dad had a rough time with this because my dad was wanting me to do it. He had other coaches calling me, telling me to do it. And obviously, I went... But there was just a gut feeling for me that I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this. And I knew from the beginning that I didn't want to do it. So for the record, (laughs) okay, for the record, she's a very tenacious, Eva has a a huge spirit, all right? She's extremely positive. Um, She's full of energy and she's a beautiful young lady. As a father, 
it is my duty to protect my child. And this maybe is something that she doesn't understand yet. One day she will. It wasn't because I wanted her to stop playing. I, I wasn't being selfish. I didn't want to impose that on her. What I did not want her to do is to choose a career that could take her from me. You know, she was in the academy. The, the police department is extremely challenged. And those are real things. So, yeah, in her mind, it was like, you know, dad's gone crazy. He's pushing. I got people calling me, blah, 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 blah. But to be honest with you, for the record, it had nothing to do with soccer. It had to do with staying connected with your daughter. Me waking up and knowing that I could pick up the phone and have a conversation with her, that I could hop on a plane and go see her. I didn't want to put her in a position where her life was going to be at risk daily. So you were thinking about Academy being a police officer in the I already, I already had the line. I already had the job lined up. Yeah. So was that on the East Coast? No, that I was, was in Dallas. In Dallas. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she came back after she graduated. She went right into the Academy. They loved her. She went right through with flying colors. They gave her the, uh, 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 the diploma. And then right then, I basically, you know, and this was kind of, I, I left it alone. I, I didn't No, push. right then you didn't tell me anything. No, I no, told no. you. I, I stopped. I stopped. I stopped pushing and I mm-hmm. just let her go. I stopped pushing and I let her go, you know, through the, uh, uh, through the motion, you know, and they gave her the degree and for some, you know, some ungodly reason, I got the phone call that she wanted to, to give soccer another opportunity. But how long till you gave that? How long did you stop playing soccer after college? And what made you go back? I mean, I, I know because you told me the story, but what made you go back to go playing soccer? It was almost two years. Yeah. Because so what happened is I basically left the academy with my license. How old were you at that time? Sorry. Uh, 21, 22, yeah. somewhere around there. Um, I basically ended up getting my license, but then COVID hit. So the league stopped, everything stopped. So it was almost two years before I actually got started playing again. And what made you like, uh, who got you? No, no one got me. It, it was, was you? Me. It came within you? It was, I don't know, a feeling, I guess. Well, I was, yeah, where we sparked that? So I was, I had the license in front of me and it basically said that I had two years to use it. So I was like, you know what? I don't know, some little thought came into my head and was like, Eva, why don't you just go six months? See what happens. If you don't like it, you got six months, and then I have that license to come back to fall on. So she had her career. She had a, a window to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Eva being Eva at that point was basically, I'm going to use this as an opportunity for me now to see. Yeah. So uh, you started playing, what, six, seven years old? I imagine five oh, years old. Five. Five, right? Mm-hmm. So over those next, <clears throat> from five years old to college, it was weekend after weekend practice during the week weekend after weekend where do you tell those younger girls now like hey this is your passion stick with it and how do you tell them not to get burnt out because at some point you got burnt out right you're like well, she oh, did. a whole bunch of times she did right I how, mean, many, <laughs> how many times no a lot i, I mean a put, lot. A, put a number on it this is a real thing that the community needs to understand because it was parents don't at understand. least once or twice a year at least i but it's like i said i always had a fighting relationship always like it was never 
I'm 100% in love with the sport. It was, honestly, it was never like that. Love, me. hate. Uh-huh. So what do you tell those younger girls and those younger boys that are going through this path now? That it's natural and that it's just part of the process. And if it's something that you want to keep doing, something that me and my dad always say all the time is that it's not finished until everything is settled. You know what I mean? Like if things are hard and things are rough, like that's not how things are going to end at the end of the day, you know? Um... What do you tell parents? Yes. What is your message to mom to, and dad? To mom and dad when, when, when a child feels like, I'm done. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's a hard. question you've never been asked, and it's a really good question. But I feel like that's more, that would be more of your perspective, not of mine. No, like, no, I, I, that's, what, as, as, that's what I'm doing as a parent now. I, I know how to handle it. <laughs> Because I've, I've, I I've done it, it. I, I've, I've, done, I've done it with you, but you know, there's other parents that 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 don't. There's very strategic things that I did to handle your burnout, and it's probably why you are where you're at right now today. So, what, so what is the, what is yeah. the biggest message? What is because, the biggest message you can tell mom and dads out there? Of well, I don't I don't want to give my input. I want I want it to come from her because so what, as parents, this is what happens. Pa- parents don't listen to a child. They, they don't. They're like, oh, you know, put on your big boy pants and get out there again. You know, they, just, they don't really listen. And it's very important for a parent to listen to a child who is performing at a very high level in regards to whatever sport they're doing. This is not just soccer. Right. This is this is everything. Football, soccer, basketball, boxing. This is this is everything. It's not just common to our world. This is completely everybody. So. That's why I asked Eva that question. What is the advice that you could give to a parent? You've never given. Well, give me the advice. To listen. And back off, fool. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, fool. you know, you know, no. The biggest issue I think between me and my dad is that we're so stubborn. So since we're so stubborn, I want my way and he wants his way, and then we're knocking heads. Yeah. That's that's a tourist thing, by the way. Uh, I mean, <laughs> trust me. That's, that's not a that's not a father daughter. Trust thing. me, I've, I've done business with your father. I, I, I know I know where you're coming from. Yeah. But I mean, what's inspiring to me is her birthday's literally two days. It, it, happy birthday! Happy, happy birthday. early birthday! No, no, no! He's saying no, no, no. And the difference between her. <laughs> oh, okay, oh, okay, days, okay, 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 gotcha. So, so we take it back. No, happy you <laughs> you went to college. You decided to play again, right? Mm-hmm. Was your first call Club America? No. Okay, it wasn't. So, but that's the only professional team you've played for, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. So her first call came from Monterrey, Rayadas. Damn. See, that's where you should have gone. Why go Club and, America? And, I mean, and they damn. flew her. They and they flew her down. It was a real serious thing. They did that right when the uh, league opened up uh, positions for Mexican American players. Mm-hmm. So okay. they had already had. But her that was the first out. time. That was before I said no. Yeah. So. So I went. We, I got the phone calls, and I said, Eva, this was at a point where she was like, Dad, no. Dad, no. I said, it's good for us just to listen. Let's, yeah. Let's go. Opportunity, yeah. yeah. You, what was going through your mind at the time? Like, Neha doesn't want to play, right? She's done. But so, The only she, thing that was going through my mind as a parent was to keep her away from being a Dallas police officer. <laughs> and, it's, and I say that with the most respect because, you know, I am... Uh, a person that uh, that comes from a military government, you know, uh, 
first first responders, all of those people, bless their hearts, they're, they're people that we need, uh, and they really make a difference. So when I say those type of things, it is to no disrespect to anybody in any police force. I just did not want to put my daughter in a, in a position of harm. How'd you fight that battle between, I'm proud of you because everything you've accomplished and you finished school, you got your degree, to now... Shit, they're still calling on this side, and you still have a door open for that. But, Dad, I'm done, right? How did you fight that knowing that it was just because I don't want to lose my baby at some point because of the field she's in? So as a person uh, that's very frequently reflected on his own journey, I basically had to swallow the pill. And we didn't talk for a bit. (laughs) That was because of her, though, because she thought I was upset. I wasn't upset. You know, uh, I was hurt because I don't know if she kind of grabbed the, the gravity of where, she, you know, where she was really getting ready to step in. Um, but ultimately, um, I do know that my daughter's highly educated. She's brilliant. So whatever decision she was going to make. Um, I was going to support her decision. Eva, you graduated. You said, you know what? Okay, Dad, I'm going to give it one last shot, right? I'm going to go listen to these opportunities. At that point, you're stepping into, I'm, I'm a professional athlete at this point, right? Because people are, are calling me, right? They want me to sign with them. They're going to offer me in a dollar amount to go play for them for, for my skill. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that journey. What did that feel like? I don't think that that really impacted her until later. Uh, yeah. In the beginning, I had... Not that it didn't mean anything to me, but it, it, I was so checked out that it was, it didn't hit. And I still don't think it has fully hit, if I'm going to be honest, because people are like, oh, you're a professional soccer player. Like, I don't really talk about it. We can go out and we can be doing things and I won't talk about it. It'll be my parents talking about it. And I don't know. I just feel like to some, to some aspect, I think it has hit me. And it's very like, I still kind of like, no, that's not true. Like, that's what I do. <laughs> is, there, is there any animosity like I should be playing with the U.S. national team and not you know, Mexican national team? Is, it was, no, I have no like animosity. You're, you're, and it's always been Mexico for me. Yeah? Why? <laughs> that's a great story. So I was an ODP. And ODP, whenever I was younger, basically leads to the formation of the team. Um, and right at the very end, right on the cusp of before they made that team, they looked me in the face and they were like, Eva, there's nothing wrong with you, but the people are looking for girls with height and speed. And I was like, cool. Literally told her we can't say anything wrong about you as a player. Like, word for word, what I just told you is what they told me. Yeah. And it is, like, engraved in my brain. That is U.S.? Yes. Okay. And um, that's part of the problem, problem yeah. here in the U.S., right? So That is a huge problem, yeah. Um, but that's why, for me, there was never a, a choice. Because me as a person, I'm super loyal i am very 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 loyal and mexico opened their doors to me and to me there's no like there has never been a choice it's always been mexico for me let's talk about loyalty stay on that okay why club america i knew the coach um so whenever i was playing with the national team the coach basically ended up moving to Cuellar, right uh-huh okay and Leo Cuellar. Sí. Yes. Um, he ended up He's moving to, um, to Club America. Uh-huh. And so whenever I was in, 
with everything going on, he was one of he did reach out in the beginning. No, he was one of them that after the fact he reached out as well. Um, and obviously, we all know that I was saying no to everyone. I was throwing out no's. Um, and so me being the person that I am, Rayadas reached out to me first. So I told them whenever if I make that decision to go back, you guys will be the first people that I reached out to. They were the first people I reached out to. It did not work out. Um, and yeah, I, as, as part of the loyalty. So they reached out first and she uh-huh. gave them the first basic right. Yeah, before, yeah, for sure. Before she went off you yeah. know, anywhere else. Um, and then I came back and I was like, you know what, dad, I still want to do this. Like, I want to figure this out. And we were like, you know what? There were other teams that reached out to me and I was like, you know what? Reach out to Cuellar first because he's the one coach that I've had history with. And I absolutely loved him as a coach, honestly. Love. Um, and so that's Not why. Past tense. <laughs> love. That's why I. And why, why the loyalty to him? Is it because the, he believed in you? Is it because. They showed her the money, bro. Nah. No. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, he, why? he did start. I mean, the, the national team paid you. But I mean, no, it's, yeah, it's but... important. Because these parents, mm-hmm. they don't stay loyal to coaches, you know. So why the Money loyalty doesn't motivate us? <laughs> why, why, why why the loyalty to Cuellar? To but I, that, that comes from me. That doesn't come from my dad. My dad absolutely loves him as I well. I do. I right. love Cuellar. Um, He's the real deal. But yeah. it He's was the just real deal. whenever I went, the bond that I that I have with him, and especially whenever whenever I went with the national team, is unlike any other bond, honestly, that I've had with a coach. And that's why you talk about. He made an impact. He made, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, a real impact in your life and in, in your playing soccer. Talk to you about your youth. Let's, let's circle back. And, and was there a, a, a young age, a young Eva? Was your coach that made an impact on you, on, on you like that? No. Honestly. Now, that's, let's. That's, let, that's, part, that's part of the story, right? There. Okay. Yeah. So, start of the story. So, when does Eva and what club does she start playing select? What was her first select team? FC Dallas. And FC Dallas, you were part of that program for how mm-hmm. long? That that, one, I have absolutely no idea. Um, she was probably there two years. Two years. Yeah. At what age do you remember? 11 and 12. Yeah. So basically when they first start select. So, yeah. Dad, why'd you take what, from FC Dallas? Did you go to another club? Yeah, we went to Sting from there. Okay, so why'd you leave FC Dallas to go to Sting? Chasing trophies, bro. <laughs> to, to be honest with you, I, I haven't been one of those uh, – uh, those people, uh, trophies, they don't mean a, a damn thing to me. So, um, No, but Sting me, had better players. Yeah. There, there was more room to grow at Sting. The, the decisions were being made because of that. Uh, players, maybe not coaches. We were trying to see coaches that might be able to influence her development. But uh, I can't speak on where we're at today because I haven't really been in the youth uh uh, circle for for a little bit, but I can one thousand percent tell you that when we were running through that circuit, um, there wasn't ever. So what I noticed with her early on is that she was a little sponge and she wanted to learn, 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 and she didn't get what she needed from from these coaches at all. Period. Eva's been in front of, I mean, if we had to put a number on it, we what twenty coaches. At least. You, you know, and out of those 20 coaches, there might have been two that really made an impact. And the real, the real people that made an impact on her weren't even coaches. They were skills, you know, they were skills coaches, mm. or, uh, people who, um, who basically 
really focus on on developing, you know, on developing players and you know developing youth. So that is part of the problem in North Texas when we left is that you have coaches that are just strictly chasing the trophy. And I get it because it's a business. But that or they're overworked with so many teams that it's hard to In regards to development, focus on one. man, these guys couldn't develop a <laughs> an orange tree if somebody gave them the blueprint. And that's not fair, right? I mean, you you have your Stings and your Texans and your DKSCs and your Solars here in Dallas-Fort Worth and, and across the country. You have one coach that's got like 10 teams, right? And at the end of the day, it's it's really not fair to you, right? It's not fair to... As a player, no. Right, because when that coach comes back around to, to Eva or to Melissa or to John, right? It's like, shit, where are we at now, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not like they have a a book that's saying, or maybe they should, right? But it's not fair. So what is that answer? Should it just be one coach with three teams or what? I have absolutely no idea. Like that's... Or that's what's wrong with it. Is that part of what's I wrong that, with I think that that's what's wrong with the whole soccer system. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you can only be control so many, right? Right. You know, like she said, she was having, as an adult, she was having a hard time being a captain just for 30. Yeah. So imagine the coach being a captain of... 100 100 kids 200 kids you know it's hard it's hard for anybody even if you're in a leadership role um you know and from your experience should coach david here be eva's coach for 10 years no or should it be different teachers along the way no i think that one person can only teach someone something for so long you know, so I think it's necessary for that change because it's also going to take the player and put them out of their comfort zone. And that's whenever a player will grow. They'll either grow or they're going to have their head in the butt because right. they can't figure anything out. Multiple coaches is highly important. Yeah. I mean, so, even, so, even, even today, I'll tell you, even yeah. today. Because, so, you know, the problem that we see, sorry, sorry, the problem that we see is that I don't know if you guys are seeing it and, and if it was happening when you guys we're in the select world. You got these coaches. They don't want to get rid of their players. They get, they use the word. He stole my player. That coach stole my player. They're stealing our players. It's still like that. It's it, okay. I so mean, it, it was, was like, like that. that whenever. And that's always going to yeah. be a thing, but that but, has nothing to do with, but that's what I'm saying. Are these coaches stopping these players from growing yes. and developing? 1000%. You know, just yes. cause I want to hear it from you guys because at the level that you're at and the journey. So, Let's go back to that. After Sting, it was, is there another club? We went back to FC. FC? You went back to FC. Yeah, but at, at, that, at that point in her life. That's whenever I hit rock burnout bottom. real, 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 real bad. So what I needed to do as a parent was to protect the happiness and the development. And <clears throat> I, won't ma- I won't mention the, uh, the parent's name. Uh, he's, he turned out to be a good friend of mine. Uh, but I won't mention the, the name, but I'll tell you exactly what he said. He said, do I need to censor or? No, no, you're good. He, he said, Robert, what the fuck are you doing? Taking your daughter to a Division Three team. When I was on one of the best teams. From Sting. Sting. Okay. Uh-huh. We, we were on their number one team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he was like, she's going to uh, lose her speed of play, her her, her sight, you know, her condition, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I knew 
early on that it wasn't about ever being on the number one team. It wasn't about uh, the shoes she wore. It wasn't about anything of, of that nature. To develop a player, I mean, we could go back and, and, and talk about the greats. They didn't have club soccer. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. At all. So how, how were they the greats? Right. Now people think that you have to be on the number one team to be the great. Well, you don't. You just need to have very strategic, disciplined training. And the secret, I've heard you say before, and it really is the secret, period. It's repetition and it's touches. So you don't need to be on the field to do that. You need to be on the field to execute the technique. Mm-hmm. So we took her down to Division Three, FC Dallas. Uh, she played up. Uh, just so that there was a little bit more physical, you know, but it brought, there was no pressure of the, you know, of the do, 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 and she just had time to refine her her technique, and, and she did. She fell back in love with it. She was touching the ball a lot. Uh, she got to a position where um, she felt so confident at executing the things that she was trying to do at a high speed of play, but couldn't do it because it was ever touch, deliver, touch, deliver, touch, deliver. But we wanted a little bit, a little bit more sight of field, you know, the technical aspect. And she actually started doing that. So the day came that we had to make a choice to go back to the ranks. Not because we wanted to chase a trophy, but because as a parent, I understood that the college coaches are going to start making their way to the fields and they need to start seeing the players. So we went from there to the Texans. So that parent was now at the Texans. And I'll never forget the day that we came back to, quote unquote, try out. When she manned the field, she dismantled everybody. And that parent at that point was like, what did you do? And I simply gave her the high impact practices and the low impact gameplay so that she could develop. And, and, that, was, and that was it. So unfortunately for us, we kind of missed a little bit of the, of the, uh, the coach scouting because of her national call to duty. Uh, we spent a lot of time away. But as she said before, everything happens how it happens. You know, she ended up at a, at a great place, uh, a great university, and she got a, a, an amazing career. You know. At what age did the Mexican national team uh, scout her? We were talking about this earlier. Uh, oh, she got scouted early, but it she... It was like 15. Yeah. 15. 15 is whenever I first and went and I started. Show up to camp? Mm-hmm. And then you debuted at what age? Like, because you played in the World Cup, like right? Sixteen. I want to say that her age was fourteen, so she did from fourteen to eighteen. Like, yes, because I remember when you called me, I was still at ESPN, and we were doing a live broadcast at my tournament, and you brought her out. Yeah, uh, because it was the first thing. Because I remember you telling me the whole debacle that you guys had to go through of you know showing 
the Mexican American side, the generations, the second, third generation stuff that they make you go through. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, I, I remember when you showed up, and I want to say he's right. I'm Maybe. 14. You know, you're 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 very it's young. Been so long. <laughs> yeah, you're very young. But I mean, that's awesome. You know, so you've played in the World Cup, mm-hmm. right? At 17, I've played in two two World Cups with the Mexican two national World team. Two World Cup. Cool. And how far did you guys with each one? Did you get? So the first one for qualifying for World Cup, we were actually the first team to make history and we won. So we qualified for World Cup, won the whole thing, went to World Cup, and I think we got to what, quarters? Yeah, you the got quarter to quarters. quarterfinals and what, we lost. What age bracket was this? U-17. U-17. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to quarterfinals, lost against Japan. They were so good. Actually, they were so good. Great yeah. games. Those, yeah. those were great Japanese, games. their game is improving a yeah. lot. So, you know, the soccer game. Experience the different games from different countries. Talk to me about that experience. What did you see from these different countries that made you like, wow, you know, soccer really is an international sport, right? Yeah, it is an international sport. sport. And it's so cool to see how different teams play from different countries, no? Because you have what you could say here in in the States where we like to hit the ball and people run. It's long ball, right? Uh Uh-huh. In Mexico, we like to try and settle the ball and play. Japan took it to a whole other level and they were playing, but fast. Like, we couldn't even... Total ball dom- denomination. Like, they dominated us almost the whole game. Like, literally the whole game. Like, they would be passing, and we didn't even have time to get to the ball. Like, we'd get there, and the ball was... And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but that's literally how it was. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah they're, 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 they're impressive. It's impressive. So, talk to us a little bit. Um, you know, you go from there. The whole youth system here in North Texas. Um... Then, because I know um, Tawichi, you guys did Tawichi. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know about that program. I and mean, if you know soccer, you know about Bolivia, that program, Tawichi, it's considered one of the best. So tell us, when did you guys do Tawichi? Uh, and is that part of the higher learning to the D3? It, 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 abs- it absolutely is. So in the middle, right before, so that's one thing that that we did do and I, I kind of forgot about that before we went from FC back into Texans I wanted to make sure that she was in a good condition um, so I started taking a look at camps but it was also part of putting somebody in front of her where she could continue to learn you know that's the one thing that we have did in, re- in regards to this we have lifted many stones to see what we found underneath in regards to uh, people that she could learn from um, so we found the camp. Uh, shout out to Connie Constein, amazing individual. He was the one who was uh, heading that uh, that international uh, arm of taking players from the states into Bolivia. Um, it, really and truly, we didn't know what it was going to be about. We just really were going to condition, um, get her into a, some type of a condition. Uh, but it turned out to be an amazing experience. Like completely, I'll let Eva touch on that. But I, I do just want to say one thing about about uh, uh, Bolivia. Their international youth has more championships than everybody probably put together times twenty. Yeah. Like their 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 youth development is off the Richter scale, and Eva, she touched the ball more in a ninety minute game there than she did in a whole year in the United States. Damn. Because they're just feeding the ball over and it's just going and mm-hmm. going. The philosophy's different. Yeah. 
that Tawichi is where she became another player, like completely. Talk to us about that experience. Um, so the fr- we, I've, I've gone three times. The first time I went, we did the camp, and then we actually stayed an extra month, and I played with the boys that were there. The boys, they were my age, I'm pretty sure. The yeah, boys my age. Um, this is super funny. I went the first practice, and they partnered us up to do some stuff. No one wanted to be my partner because I was a girl. No Cooties, one. you. No, I don't know what it was, but no one wanted to be my partner. No one. Absolutely no one. It was ridiculous. Um, like, they had no respect for me. Like, absolutely none. There was a coach that basically said that from the first team that said that she couldn't train with them. Yeah. Um, but the director got involved. But that was real. Go ahead. But it was it was interesting. Um, to start with, they played on dirt fields. There was no grass. There was dirt fields with glass. Dirt and rocks. Yeah, yeah, with glass in the middle of, of the field. And if so, it's bumpy. It was the worst fields I have ever played on my, on my life. But that's where you learn that's where your touch gets better that's where you you grow um and by the end of that month i had respect and they were passing me the ball nice. <laughs> um but it, it was genuinely a great experience uh, where 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 are you on the field at that point like what position were you in the middle oh. i was in the middle yeah you've always been a midfielder center mid. yeah she was okay. center mid there okay yeah i've always been in the middle. How did you find these? How did these doors open up for you guys? Was it you just? Oh, look, there's a camp in you know uh, just, San Luis, or what was it? How did you find these? The the internet by the by this time had, <laughs> had made its way to us, so you know just I was just googling, um, and so there was no did, real rating system. Own. There was no rating system at all whatsoever. But I picked up the phone and I had a conversation with uh, with Connie, you know. And unfortunately, people are going to hear this podcast and they're probably going to go uh, search and they're probably going to want to do a camp. Uh, unfortunately, right now the camp is not operating, so that's not a, you know. It's I'm sure that eventually it'll get back to operating again, but because of COVID, it hasn't really started back up again. Uh, but uh, I had a conversation with Connie, and uh, Connie is a individual who really thinks outside of the box too in regards to the sport. So that's the reason why I kind of bonded with him. And at that point, I was like, you know what? Uh, I want my daughter to do the camp. And at this point, he wasn't really funneling girls through the system. It was just it was just boys. And she was young. So I said, you know, I'll, I'll come out. And uh, for whatever reason, he didn't discourage me because he was a girl. Uh, and we ended up going. And it is I will tell you this, because these camps around here. They're Disney. This camp that she went to, it is, it is, it is not for the weak. I hated my life that whole camp <laughs> because we were running in sand dunes, we were running in the mountains, we were running in the river. You thought you were training for boxing, huh? For fifteen uh, rounds? Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> not even um, that, bro. It, it was training. It was probably training for, <laughs> for like a tryout. <laughs> so basically, what I'm hearing is from. The U.S., the clubs that you did here in the U.S. really didn't have any of the development impact no. to you as who you are today. Mm-hmm. Zero impact. Until you got to Bolivia. There were two individuals in the city who weren't coaches and, and Bolivia. I wow. think, And I'm going to tell you something. I think Cuellar, Cuellar was also a person that took Eva's game to another level. Um 
because the philosophies were, and she understood them. In Tawichi, there were real, real soccer philosophies that were basically instilled in her that she probably, you know, at that time she didn't really know. When she got in front of Cuellar, this piece made sense. Tawichi ended up making sense. But Cuellar was, gave her so much respect that it elevated her, her game. And then she was able to see something. And, that, you know, we can talk about the coaches. And this is how scarce it is. Like the coaches in, in La Liga, uh, we'll just say two years back. Because now there's, there, there's some other ones that are coming in. And I can't fairly evaluate because I haven't really been close enough to see. But Cuellar is a coach. And I saw this firsthand like during international play. Like... He is a very strategic coach. He knows how to move the pieces. And he really understands the technical aspect of the game. So that was fed to Eva. And there's also something to say about whenever a coach, whenever you can feel that a coach truly like. Believes in you? Yeah. Genuinely believes in you. You're not just trying to make mom and dad happy. You know, you're paying me. Tell them what they want to hear. Okay. It's important because. From a player aspect, it is extremely important. Okay. So he basically, because of that, what people don't understand about Eva too is, is this. If you believe and you give me those keys, I'm going to break my back and I'm going to deliver and I'm going to bring home the trophy. It's going back to me being very loyal. Yeah. Damn. So, you know, Cuella, you know, was probably the final person in her development that threw her into her ultimate, basically, stage of basically where, where, where she's at. But there was, you know, one, one real thing that she told me not too long ago. She, you know, she called me. She was like, Dad, what's, guess what? I said, what? I've been playing soccer for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> and that was impactful. Yeah. You know, because I look at my age and I'm like, almost half of my life, you've dedicated to the sport. Yeah. And those are things that, you know, that, that they impact you a, a lot, you know. So, you know, shout out to, to Cuellar. You're an amazing individual. And uh, Eva and I love you. Abrazos. And Eva, uh, you know, go ahead, Manny. No, I was just going to go back to, from your experience so far, I mean, you're still young, but is that why we're seeing a difference with the women's national game now where the women used to dominate, right? But now they're struggling. Now you have other countries that are starting to compete with the women and they're beating the women national teams now. Is that part of the process and, the, and part of the problems that the U.S. is having with, with soccer? I think it goes back to what I told you, is that, Maybe they don't grab the people the right way that they should, or they're letting a lot of talent go go missing because they're looking for one typical, I guess, girl or woman, you can say, you know? And because I know a lot of players who are in Mexico who are Mexican-Americans who are good players, and you would think, like, why isn't U.S. seeing that talent as well? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. So going back, I mean, just talking about now, you know, your Club America, you're, that's where you started your professional. 
and you know we got to highlight Manny because as an athlete alone don't matter what sport for somebody like Eva that's why I always tell people it's the willpower it's what you have in here your heart it's that willpower of for any athlete for her to be in two-year hiatus for her to get back into shape into just the rhythm and not just land at any team club america which is one of the biggest brands in soccer not just in mexico but in the world that's just amazing you know and uh, of what you've done what you've accomplished and you know if a lot of people haven't seen eva gonzalez tate she's small but very mighty you know i've seen her play and the times that you know when you're uncle posts or when he posts the, the links you know i'll go on there and watch you know because it's still it does good and you guys brought it up going to your point the women's professional soccer has been a lot longer here in the states than la femenil in mexico and la femenil in mexico bro they average over thirty thousand people in the stadium really <laughs> bro really yeah. At their final, they had over 60,000 people. You get Rayadas and Tigres to play, they fill out both of their stadiums. And the energy is, yes. like, incredible. The energy in the stadium of Tigres is unlike in other... In the Uh-huh. And also in the Lacron. Contra yeah. Chivas? Uh-huh. No. What, See, is, what, is that, what does that feel like as a player on that field? You know what? I that. love it. So I... <laughs> She lives for that. I literally live for it. I live for whenever I'm on the field and I have the ball and they start booing me. Or I go to take a corner kick and they're booing me. I think it's so funny. <laughs> I literally think it's so funny. I, but it's awesome. Right. It's awesome that, especially on the women's side, that we have that. And to see how much it's grown. I don't know. I love it. It's, <laughs> it's, grown, it's grown a lot. It's so, grown a lot. So question, Eva. U.S. calls you to come play professionally over here. You taking it or no? No. Right now, no. You're happy at Club America. Not even just that. I don't know if I'm ready to move back stateside. Okay. So you're loving Mexico. Yeah. So you're the national team now? I have been, yeah. We're, we're currently working our way back yeah. through the system in, in regards to that. Because she, she was away for a little bit, you know, there's been a lot of changes. She's gone to a couple of camps. Uh, but, you know, that now is... Eva's very goal-driven, you know. And this is... You know, for people who, you know, in the future that might have an opportunity to coach Eva, because, you know, we, we, we never know what's going to happen tomorrow. There's one thing that they can't take away from her. And I'm, I'm going to say that to educate them if they ever get a chance to basically hear this. She is not a fluke. She is a workhorse. And her reputation that's why it's kind of hard sometimes to, because we don't want to tell the story. We don't want to, you, you know, make somebody believe why she is. Because really and truly, her whole life is full of merits that state why she should be. We could just start with one. I'm just going to state one. But there's been so many. But this one's always been fun for me because she's always been the person who is man in the middle where destruction happens at a level where she takes down, I'm not going to say she takes down because it's a team effort, but the collective effort of her being in the middle, she's done things to create history 
at a large magnitude. And the one example that I love is Bishop Lynch. Bishop Lynch could not beat Ursuline for nothing. 24 years of playing in taps for that championship, they could never beat Ursuline. And guess what? She was part of the team and scored. She was the, the team in history that dismantled that organization in the middle. Because I will give her credit there. She did single-handedly dismantle that organization in the middle. Yeah, and you're playing a position where the middle CDMs are usually pretty big guys or big, yeah. pretty big girls, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and, they, and they were. They were fast. They were yeah. big. And it was a lot of long ball. But all she would do is, and you know what? That was the one, that, uh, that was probably one of the, uh, the coach there had a philosophy of, of more touch and go, touch and go, touch and go. So you could see that game for the first time ever and that philosophy really take place in, you could say, in high school. You could see the girls kind of settling down. That's one thing about Eva. Her first 10, 15 minutes of, of a big championship game like that, she's going to be, you know, antsy. Uh, you know, the adrenaline is running through her. But after those 10, 15 minutes settle, then she starts having fun. And that's what you, you saw happening. There was a lot of ball movement. There was a lot of control. And uh, there was one ball that she got. I don't, you know, I don't even know. What were you thinking that day? Or do you remember? No. She was, she was you know, outside the 18, and she struck it. And she hit that upper 90. Banger. I mean, that, that's great. I mean, you talk about history. I mean, because Mexican-American players, I know it was a lot hard. It was a lot harder back then when you first made that transition to the Mexico national team. Um, because for some reason, forever, Mexico has just disapproved of that Mexican-American player. And it's a fact, right? You know, uh, politics, big part in youth soccer. You know, so now that you were one of those first I wouldn't say first, but being part of that transition, because now if you look at Mexico, I don't know if you see it on the women's side, but Mexico's really going after the Mexican-American player now. On the boy side, they've even got camps that's just for Mexican-American players, you know, because a lot of the Mexican-American players are getting lost in the U.S. system. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of talent because a lot of people believe that you got to pay to play in the U.S., right? You know, it's that big question, yeah. pay to play type stuff. So in Mexico, you got to really earn it. You know, yeah, there's politics everywhere. But what you've done, you know, your journey from what you guys have told us from now into where you're at. I mean, you've got some great you've got a legacy, you know, when, you know, for your family to talk about. Yeah. I, you know, I love the fact that you're humble, um, loyalty, your willpower, the courage. I mean, because Manny, you need to look up the roster. You think she's like the ball girl when she sits next to her teammates, you know, because her teammates, like some of her teammates are giants. I, I did some research now. I, I saw that. And, and that's what I was going to ask, too. It's like you've always been there, dog. Uh, the U.S. coaches told you, sorry, you're just you're not what we're looking for. You're not six foot tall and, you know, 180, 90 pounds, right, of, of an athlete we're looking for. You're, you're just a little shorter than what we, we yeah. think we're looking for. What do you tell those young girls out there that, are going to have those struggles too. How do you tell them, hey, you know what, keep your head up, just keep fighting? The underdog. What do you tell the underdog? Yeah. That 
I mean, I literally just had the train of thought and it is. Let's play hopping. Because those kids don't really, they don't get a ch- shot, right? Because they're, you know, they're, they're not what other coaches are looking for, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you see it now. You know, you have teams that are all, kids are all huge, playing small kids, and it's like they don't want to put a more athlete just because he's smaller in there. Mm-hmm. Just that at the end of the day, talent will be seen. Maybe by one coach it's not going to be seen, but you're going to get another coach and it will be seen. And at the end of the day, that's all you can do. And it's actually very well said. You know, everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. You and can as only long control, as you stay positive, yeah, yeah and you keep working hard, there's always there's there's always a you know a real opportunity as long as you have the, the right frame of mind. All right, well, thank you guys. Thank, thank you, Eva Gonzalez Tate. We've been sitting here with the current champion, Club America midfielder. Uh, thank you, her dad, Robert Gonzalez. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate the time. I know you've got a busy schedule. Uh, good luck. Congratulations again. And, uh, I mean, it's just, you know, hopefully some of these parents that listen to this podcast and some of these kids that listen and some of the coaches, because what you guys have said today is very motivating, uh, inspiring, and just tell it how it is. Because a lot of people sugarcoat. Because you guys said it earlier, it's a business, right? So sometimes in business, you know, we use what we call that business psychology, right? We're going to tell you what you want to hear to get you Mm -hmm. part of the club. But as you said it, there is coaches out there, not very many, that are very genuine, that really look out for your better interest as a baller to get you better at going. And it's just that's what this whole podcast is about, to get people out here to tell their side of the story. And you as an athlete being here from Dallas, Texas, Again, playing for one of the biggest brands, you know, champion, current champion, and you playing for the Mexico national team. I mean, that's a lot of us, you know, as a parent, you know, as I have daughters or just parent, people that have kids, boys and girls. It's very motivational from your end, the support, because it's important. You know, what I heard is he's a big part of it, right? Even though he didn't get you playing soccer, but he was one of your biggest advocates, yeah. you know, him and your mom. And here they are, because I see them posting about you all the time, you know, and, and, and it's great. But, you know, thank you. And any last? Yeah, Ever, before we go, just if you have an Instagram out there, let people out there, those young girls, those young kids uh, that can be fans of Eva and see your the rest of your journey and, and see you succeed, keep succeeding, let them know how they can find you. Yeah, so my all my social media is Eva Gonzalez Tate. Easy. Awesome. Fair enough. And yeah. one last question. What are your plans after professional? You're going to go be a cop for your dad? <laughs> No. My private security. Um, <laughs> honestly. I would I, love that, actually. <laughs> I have no idea. As of right now, I'm actually in grad school. Okay. So that's a. Grad school. Awesome. So that's a huge goal that I'm hoping to finish within the next year and a half. Damn. Um, that leads into the Bureau, and that's been yeah. her ultimate goal. But I don't know. We'll see. As of right now, the only thing I know is that I have options, and that's the most important Awesome, congrats. Can I hire you for some sessions? You know, for the- no, I just, just <laughs> But thank you, guys. This is a No Red Cards podcast. Uh, we were uh, chatting here with Eva Gonzalez-Tate, uh, midfielder for Club America. Uh, you can follow us on Insta, uh, Graham, Facebook, at No Red Cards, the number 10. Or you can send us an email, noredcardspodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, see ya. See ya. <laughs>